1: And the collection is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oil. So experience something new and discover what's good with the Pantene Nutrient Blends Collection.
2: I'm Hugh Atchison. I'm a chef, a restaurateur, a traveler. And now I'm the host of The Passenger. People ask me all the time, you know, what's that list of places to go in this city, in that city? And this show is dedicated to that idea. Immersing yourself in that culture and finding out what's intriguing and what we think about the future of that place as a visitor, as a passenger. The first season of The Passenger premieres February 27th. Subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the
0: podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You, Caroline. Thank you. This is the official uh, first episode featuring the new co-host, as many of you listeners probably know, Molly has decided to um, pursue more writing with HowStuffWorks.com, and that opened up a seat at the podcasting table, and I am so excited to have Caroline, another inquisitive, well-spoken,
2: funny lady,
0: to speak with me.
2: Wow, thanks, Kristen. You're welcome. It's good to be here. Yeah. Uh, you and I go way back, actually. We do. All the way back to college. All the way back. <laughs> oh,
0: God. And that, and I hate how that
2: is a longer and longer time. I know. I know. I remember most of it so clearly. Yes.
0: We worked, actually, a uh, fun fact for our listeners, we worked together at our college newspaper.
2: We did. You uh, you did a lot of government stuff. With I political. did, yes. And I had a special emphasis on the low-income community. You did, and I remember yelling at you frequently about how you'd write a lot more than you were supposed to.
0: Really? I don't remember that. All I remember is you praising me because when I first came onto the newspaper, Caroline was editor-in-chief, and I was Holler. pretty intimidated. But then uh, I liked you. I thought you were cool because you would curse in <laughs> staff meetings.
2: Yes, I do have a dirty, filthy mouth. <laughs> but not on the podcast. No, no. I Yeah, that does not exist here. No.
0: No, it doesn't. (laughs)
2: Um, But we're very
0: glad to have you on. So why don't we jump into our first topic? Let's do it. Okay. So this is actually one that you suggested, Caroline. So I'm going to just toss it
2: to you. You want to explain what we're going to chat about? Sure. We are going to talk about dating dynamics. And can women be the aggressors in a relationship? And we should
0: go ahead and say that we are speaking, as it happens a lot of times in our episodes on dating, we're speaking from a very hetero standpoint here in terms of women being able to chase men right ask them out on the dates
2: exactly because anecdotally
0: not always easy
2: i know it doesn't always work out that well you would think that guys would want us to uh to pursue them and and you know i'm not saying that all dudes don't Mm -hmm. want us to to put a little chase you know but uh actually you know Hasn't worked out that great. It hasn't
0: always. And speaking of, um, what you, like you said, guys do, especially guys our age, I feel like, um, tend to agree that it would be
2: great.
0: If girls just did all the work, yeah, women they just did all the work. work, yeah, and just approached them. There was um, a column that we found from the Frisky by this guy named John DeVore, and he was all about women asking men out, taking taking the dating reins, and he said that that would be us marching toward gender equality. Yeah, it sounds like we have pitchforks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to get a date. We have pitchforks and credit cards ready to pay the dinner tab. You will date me and you will <laughs> like it? Yes. And you will appreciate my aggressive dating tactics. But in reality, John DeVore, and also in science, as we will get to, because we can't just rely on our dating fails,
2: (laughs) sadly, Um, it's not that easy. No. According to a recent study in the journal Sex Roles, dating and gender roles and expectations of what those roles should be, haven't actually changed that much since the 80s. <laughs> since the 80s. Yes, this study went back and examined
0: 143 uh, separate pieces of research ranging from 1978 to 2010 with the big question, has dating become more egalitarian? Answer, Caroline.
2: Nope, not really. Although there are some aspects of dating that have changed. For Mm -hmm. instance, the hookup culture is bigger now among, you know, those crazy college kids and and young folks. Um, There's still a perception that men should do the asking and the paying and Mm -hmm. women should stay inside their little gender role box.
0: Right. And um, they attribute this to the idea of these cultural scripts that we have adopted that might provide some kind of comfortable framework for us to work through as we're getting to know potential mates.
2: Right. So, but I read that as, hey, if you're nervous, just act like a scared little girl.
1: (laughs) Order a salad.
2: Order a salad. Don't (laughs) eat too much now and make him pay. I mean, I will
0: say, though, that there has been a little bit of progress in terms of, um, you know, like dating has loosened up a little bit. Like you said, we do have, you know, the hookup
2: option Dating doesn't necessarily
0: have to be this formal thing. Yeah, it
2: doesn't have to lead to marriage. We're not being courted. You know, he's not coming over to our family's house and sitting in the parlor. Right.
0: And it, and it's perfectly acceptable. There was one study actually back from uh, 1993 um, where both men and women, a majority of men and women said that they wanted to have some kind of gender equality mm-hmm. in the dating. Like there is an ideal, and I think that men and women would both like for dynamics to be gender equal in terms of women being able to ask out men and men asking out women. But time and again, in reality and in the interpersonal relationships, when they went back and examined them, things went a little more smoothly when the
2: guy did the asking. Yeah. I mean, are we just used to our roles? You know, those traditional dating schemas, the stereotypes that we're used to. I don't know. I think they limit. Interaction. They
0: absolutely limit interaction. And I think this is a good point or a good time, I should say, to point out that also in that study, they found that couples who broke out of those traditional gender roles and also women who embraced the um, more feminist ideology, typically the men and the women reported more satisfaction as a couple. It's true. So even though maybe we're scared to break out of these dating scripts, but maybe there's a lot more dating satisfaction down the line if we can somehow
2: get beyond this. True. It's also a matter of who you meet, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there are guys who will never want to be, you know, asked out by a woman. Right. There are girls who will never ask out a guy. Yeah, yeah. And some, yeah, like exactly. It's not just an issue of, of men
0: failing. It's also, and I shouldn't say it's failing, Failing. that's, that's harsh, but it's not, let me rephrase that. It's not an issue of, um, men just being uncomfortable with this notion of some kind of aggressive woman, because like you said, I mean, women, there are some women, women I know, in fact, who are entirely uncomfortable with that. They expect that the guy should, should do the work.
2: Well, speaking of someone being uncomfortable, I uh, yes. <laughs> I found myself in a situation where uh, I asked a guy out, and that wasn't the hard part because he agreed. Yeah, and we great. went out and we had fun. The trouble came when I sort of took the reins. Ah. So, while well, I did do the asking out, and he seemed fine with that, not weirded out. You know. I'd be,
0: you know, if I were him, you're a, you're a lovely lady. Why, thank you. <laughs> I do
2: model on the side now a lie. Um, yeah, no, we, uh, we hung out and he, you know, it seemed like things were going really well. And yeah. so, I mean, can you blame me for feeling encouraged? No, Perhaps asking him out again? again?
0: <laughs> oh man, you oh are, you are so aggressive. More than
2: once. <laughs> you know, oh my gosh, it's, I know it's a weird concept of liking someone. Right. And wanting to hang out with them. I know. I know. Well, well so anyway, sense. yeah, I, uh, I started, uh, to see if he wanted to hang out more often and he whole oh, bam just disappeared oh no so vaporized. yeah total vaporization
0: well and see and this is the point during sex in the city when we can list down all of the reasons <laughs> why he got sick he broke his leg his mom died all of those reasons why um you know oh god i was about to say he's just not that into you <laughs> and, I, and i just became a trope um but yeah, I mean that's I think that anecdote happens a lot. I've yeah. had similar situations happen to me, but maybe okay, let's go to evolutionary biology for a minute. Oh. Instead of let's let's stop making excuses about how getting back together with the next girlfriend or something. And let's go to evolutionary biology and something called the female reputational defense theory. The what? Basically, Caroline, <laughs> what the female reputational defense theory would say to you is that you are coming across as a little promiscuous. I don't understand. Let me enlighten. Basically, males suffer, suffer (laughs) like they're they're victims, (laughs) they suffer from something called a paternity insecurity. And basically it's this notion that if we become pregnant, there is no way for a man, aside from paternity testing, to know for sure that the baby coming out of our womb is his. And this is something that has plagued men for so long. And so in order for us to reassure men and sort of advertise our fitness. They should go on Mori Povich. Well, before that, before <laughs> that, um, we need to advertise our sexual fidelity by sort of sitting with our hands in our laps and Waiting for the men to come a call because if we're going out, you know, if, if you're asking him out, who else could you be asking out? Oh Caroline? my gosh, millions. Mil- I mean, probably all your Facebook friends. The mailman. You're probably tweeting
2: yourself, hashtag. The apartment date me. manager. Yeah, so. <laughs> There's a homeless guy who sleeps in the Marta station. <laughs> so there, is, I know so many people. Me, in
0: fact. Me too. <laughs> we could even be asking me that. So, it's this notion that, um, that set off maybe some signal in this hetero dude's brain rooted deep down in his evolutionary past that you might not be the fittest mate to well, carry okay. his <laughs> Oh
2: God, you went there. Okay. <laughs> um, well, so, but what, what, what does that mean? Because obviously our culture is fine with men going out and asking a bunch of people out. Yeah. So wh- what, where's the equality here? Why can't we do it? I really wish I could
0: sing. It's a man's world right now. <laughs> I mean, uh, but could, I don't want to say that could. because it's, it's not, um, I mean that's just one explanation and, and and sometimes evolutionary biology and evolutionary psychology can definitely go at odds with uh feminism <laughs> and also uh this notion of I mean social evolution toward and progress towards gender equality. Mm-hmm. But I mean that's one theory and yeah. then uh let's go let's talk about Michael Mills. Right, oh, I love is- him.
2: <laughs> I love him. Don't you so ask- I'm going to ask him out. I was about
0: to say. <laughs> He's a professor of psychology at Loyola who did a little experiment recently mm-hmm. or just a survey. Actually, it wasn't really much of an experiment.
2: Yeah. He asked why women aren't asking men out. And uh, he and some of his students conducted a survey of uh, of nearly 100 straight adults to find out, uh, you know, have you asked anybody out? Have you mm-hmm. been asked out? What do you prefer? Yeah. According to the survey, a mere nine percent of women said they like to ask dudes out. while sixteen percent of guys said they like it better when the lady does the work.
0: Well, hey, there's a gap. Maybe maybe uh that's a signal that we should ask more out. Well, at least the mi- find the minority, that 16 percent
2: in the room. <sighs> right when you walk into a bar full of a hundred guys. Yeah, fine 16, 16 of them are bound to be. Uh, open to it. They probably look nervous. (laughs) Yeah, they're probably the ones kind of sweating, looking (laughs) around, shifty eyed, or they, those could be on drugs. I don't know. So the point is, yes, they're still in a minority. Right. Most guys
0: still do the asking.
2: I know. Uh, actually, uh, Michael Mills, this Michael Mills character says, it's time for women to woman up. Oh. And get some ovaries. And it's time (laughs) to put our fragile egos on the line. Huh.
0: Okay, well, maybe it's maybe it's time for Michael Mills. I got a response for you. Maybe it's time for you guys to get over your genetic paternity insecurity and go out with us more than
2: once. Word,
0: yeah. <laughs> send that to send that to Michael Mills. Um, but here's a question, though, in my mind. With all of this, we're talking about all this hetero back and forth, men, women. I want to know if perhaps this, who's gonna ask who? I What's the role you got to play? Is that a lot easier? Uh, is that more of a moot point in homosexual
2: dating? Well, yeah. Going back to the sex role study, um, the authors mentioned that that problem doesn't really exist in the same way mm-hmm. in uh, in homosexual relationships. A lot of the time, um, people are just more comfortable asking each other out, and there's no there's no need to you know back and forth. There's no need yeah. to have back and forth.
0: There's at least maybe the uh, they don't have that that dating script that we've been reading and rereading over and and acting out ever since uh, dating really took off in the 1920s. So, uh, I mean, that'd be nice.
2: Yeah, if there was no pressure, if you could just say, hey, I like you, let's go out. I mean, okay, well, see, that's what I do. (laughs) It seems uh... seems natural. Yeah, I mean, if you like someone, go ahead and ask them out. But, you know, according to people's uh, deep-seated biological, whatever. But also, we can't
0: just, we can't just blame other people, though. According to a 2005 study entitled, I really like this, when courtship persistence becomes intrusive pursuit, dun, dun, dun. you might be suffering from a little bit of overconfidence.
2: Yeah, I know. That's what I figured after, uh, well, of course, after I read the study. (laughs) That's what I figured happened after that situation earlier. um, And this goes for men and women. And that goes for both, both the women and the men who are pursuing. That they might just be overestimating their skills. Mm -hmm. And that does indeed have a Z on the end. Yes. Um, The 2005 study says that pursuers in general assume that their targets feel flattered by their actions. Although, when the tables are turned and they're the ones being chased they're just as likely to report feelings of annoyance.
0: Yeah, and this was replicated in another recent study um, that some evolutionary psychologists were kind of digging into the uh, the women-pursuing dynamic, whether or not that worked. And the same kind of effect happened when, in a speed-dating scenario, when women were the ones, when guys were sitting at the table, and women were the ones circulating around, they had actually more confidence in their flirtation skills again. With a Z. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see how that is at least something that we share. Yeah.
2: Overconfidence. Yeah. One, one thing we don't share back to the things of, you know, Mars and Venus, women, men. Uh huh. Um, women are more likely to be concerned about their male pursuers' feelings and to think of them as angry about rejection. So in an attempt to anger lessen or hurt, women can tend to pull that wishy washy, oh, let's just be friends. Yeah. <laughs> let's just be friends. Yeah. Pulling all that, which actually might have the reverse effect. You know, they we think, oh, we're just we're letting him down easy. But the guy's actually looking for a more direct rejection. Right. And so we're actually leading them on. They think we're playing a hard bit. to get. Yeah. Which I, could just make matters worse. I've ended up, I've ended up in, uh, in
0: certain situations like that. And, uh, whereas like the, the situation you were talking about earlier, where the guy just kind of vaporized, you know, may, that might be a little more typical because we might just be dealing with some different, uh, communication styles. So while it might seem like we, you and I have just repeated a lot of and rehashed a lot of gender stereotypes, I think it all goes back to these dating scripts and schemas and gender. Scripts that are discussed in this sex role study that we have held onto and followed for 35 years because maybe it is a little more comfortable. But do you think, Caroline, do you think we can break the script? I have, and I'll let you know when it works out. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'd like to know from listeners, though. I mean, there have got to be men and women out there. Guys, what do you think about women approaching you? Women, what do you think about approaching guys and... Gay couples out there, please—is it easier? Do you have this problem?
2: How do you know? And I'd Gosh. like to know for the guys out there who like to be asked out, why do you think you like to be asked out so much? Yeah, I mean, what is it about you? We
0: have so many questions. So many questions. <laughs> but, no, really. But, <laughs> but it is kind of fascinating because uh, time and again, uh, I do think that guys will often report that it would be great for women to to come up and and do the asking because every—it's always a little flattering to be asked out, whether you're interested or not sure. it's a nice little boost but whether or not you're going to follow through mm, it's another story Yep. so send us an email send us something on write something on Facebook get in contact with us our email address is momstuff at howstuffworks.com and let's read a couple of listener emails that we've gotten
2: in here we have an email from Michael he says my subculture lifestyle puts me in an odd bubble Most of the men I know aren't typical guys. They wear makeup, eyeliner mostly, some wear foundation, nail polish. They are so secure in their sexuality that they don't flinch at the idea of wearing anything that would be categorized as women's wear. My boyfriend can't do his own eyeliner, so he asked me to do it for him whenever we get tarted up to go out. (laughs) He owns more makeup than I do. When I do come across the rare, well, rare in my little world, guy who thinks it's weird, I am reminded how very secure my little bubble is. Still, I love a man in eyeliner who isn't afraid of the color pink.
0: Indeed. And
2: that was in response
0: to our episode on men wearing makeup. And I have one now to take a U-turn. I've got one from our episode on yeast infections. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, no, this is, this is some useful information. And this comes from Kate. And she writes, this is from, Some personal experience. Um, She says the drugs that knock out yeast infections can often cause bacterial vaginosis and vice versa. This is because one wipes out bacteria and the other yeast and creates an imbalance between the two. It's really important in treating either of these, particularly if they appear to have come back. You may have, in fact, knocked out one and will now be treating it again when, in fact, you have the other because they are similar. And this is often overlooked. Finding a delicate balance where you can take a bit of one medication and then the other and find the yin and the yang is the best way to really kick the infection in this case, or so says my doctor, and I haven't had trouble since. Oh, the wonderful world of yeast infections. And by wonderful, I mean terribly confusing. So if you have any emails to send our way about yeast infections, makeup, or dating, or anything else, send it our way. The address is momstuff.com. At howstuffworks.com. And why don't you hop on Facebook and say hello to Caroline?
2: Hello. Make
0: her feel welcome in her warm new home of Stuff Mom Never Told You. Or you can tweet her at Mom Stuff Podcast. And then finally, uh, we're going to be blogging. It's Stuff Mom Never Told You at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House Stuff Works staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.
1: The House Stuff Works iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? So here's something that some of you might find shocking.